amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Happy St. Patrick's Day Eve, and welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, baseball is back. Spring training is open. Philly's opening day is Friday, April 8th against the Oakland A's at Citizens Bank Park. The Sixers are three games back with 15 to go. The Flyers, well, they continue to find ways to lose. NFL free agency is wide open with more quarterback changing changing teams. By the way, TV 12 is back, my friend, and March Madness is here. What a great time of the year. It really is, Bill. I'm thrilled that baseball is back. I mean, they finally figured it out, which is a good thing. Love that uh, Tuesday Eagle signing, Hassan Reddick. Not a great week for the 76ers, Bill. They did not look too good since no. we last talked uh, last week, but we'll get to that. And right after the show tonight, Bill, I got to get to work on my bracket. I'm going to need some help with that. By the way, is the tie too much? What do you think? No, you know, the tie is good. It looks good. It's a classy joint we got here. No, I like it. Let's get going. Come on. Uh, all right. Well, hey, we have a couple great guests tonight in WIP producer and weekend host James Seltzer, who is always fired up, Chet. So just buckle up for that fella. He'll be jacked, I'm sure. We yeah, have the great. radio well, we have the radio voice of the Philly, Scott Fransky, joining us in the second half. It's it's game on tonight, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's great to get our annual spring visit with Mr. Fransky in the books. That's good. And uh always nice to have James with us. It's been a long time since we talked to James, so let's do it. Let's do it. Let's welcome back James Seltzer to Philly Press Box Radio. James, let's go. Fellas, how are you? What a, what a kind yeah. intro, Chet. I think the tie is fantastic. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> no worries, my friend. Uh, good to see you today. Long day for you. You spent much of I your know. morning and afternoon at McGurk's. You had a nice yes. crowd there. I know after I left, I heard it got really crowded, the lunchtime crowd. I had to come to work, unfortunately. Um, nice seeing you, saying hello to you and uh, some of the other guys down there. That was fun. And we appreciate you being here with us. So, oh, Chad, it's always a pleasure. Pleasure to see you in person. And, and you guys know I, I love I love coming to the Philly Press Box. It's uh, yeah, we're gonna have like some. The, fun, it's like man. the only podcast I go on that I don't host. So it's it's always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you're a busy guy. Well, we have some big Phillies news to get to, but you know what? Since you guys had the Birds Town Hall today, mm-hmm. uh, the NFL year season is officially underway. The NFL calendar year, I guess. Uh, let's talk Eagles first. The birds made that Mm -hmm. big signing yesterday, a big splash signing the South Jersey guy who went to temple. He's coming home. As they say, Hassan Reddick, pretty good pass rusher. What do you think? Yeah, I look, I I love the signing. Uh, you know, you can quibble with Hassan Reddick. He's not a classic, you know, he's not a D end. He's like an outside linebacker and a three, four, but he's not even a classic version of that. He's kind of a tweener as far as it goes but you can't argue with production the dude's been able to get to the quarterback and look i think it's going to come down to using him creatively you know a scheme fit type thing which you know is a little nerve-wracking with jonathan gannon i don't think think there are that many eagles fans that are super confident in gannon but um you know you could argue that gannon didn't have the pieces to work with last year and, and this is a big year for him and obviously the rest of the nfl likes him a lot more than we do so at least that's something uh, I think Reddick makes a lot of sense. Like the Eagles' biggest need going into this offseason, you know, we can we can debate the quarterback thing and what type of size need that is, depending on where you stand on Jalen Hurts. But I think, you know, outside of the most important position in the sport, I think Ed Rusher is not only the second most important position in the sport, but also without a doubt, the Eagles' biggest deficiency as a roster. And you bring in a guy who, like you said, is at he's at 23 and a half sacks the last two years. You know, I yep. mean Again, you can only argue so much when it comes to production. He's had the production. He's an elite athlete. You know, uh, it, you know, like he put in his bio weapon, right, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think the way you use Hassan Reddick is as a weapon, as someone you can kind of be creative with, do different things with, and, and they're going to have to do that. But I think in terms of the years, in terms of the amount of money they gave him, I think it's a, a, 
I don't know how you could be upset about it. Like it is a shocking contract. I thought the dude would have gotten more without a doubt. I thought the dude would have got more and the Eagles got him for a nice price and a nice amount of years. So look, they need to do more. I think we all know that, but at this specific move, I, I don't know how you can be upset with it. And then the Temple thing. I got two degrees from Temple. That's my spot, man. I'm super psyched to have a Temple guy here. So all around, I'm happy with the running. Well, hey, James, we, we talked about this last week. I, I got to get your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. The NFL seems to have taken a, a flip to me. You know, you, you draft a quarterback, you build the team around it. Not anymore. No, we're putting yeah. the team together and we're plugging in a quarterback. That brings us to Jalen Hurts. Does he Is he going to be the guy? More quarterbacks are going to be available. It looks like um, there's going to be some dominoes fall. I think once Deshaun Watson does whatever is going to happen there, there's going to be some other guys available. Where's Hurts stand? Yeah, it, look, it's really it's an interesting point overall. The idea that the NFL is really changing at the quarterback position. It is. It's got like an NBA feel to it, right? You know, we've talked for years about the player empowerment era of the NBA and how you know, look, we just saw it in Philly, James Harden, Ben Simmons, all these guys just sit out and say, I want to go here and I'm going there. And this is what you got to make happen. And it happens. Right. And now we're seeing that in the NFL, we're seeing all these quarterbacks kind of use their leverage, use their spot, the Russell Wilson thing. You know, we've seen it. We saw Carson Wentz do it last year here in Philly. You know, we've seen it over and over again where these quarterbacks say, yeah, Deshaun Watson, you know, as an example is doing that right now. And obviously that's a, murkier overall situation but still the dude's using his leverage to say i want to get out of houston i want to go somewhere else so we do have kind of a weird changing of the guard as far as the nfl goes in terms of specifically quarterbacks the players who have that type of leverage and power so i think it's a fascinating trend in and of itself and what it means for the future of the nfl and how you build your team i think is a really fascinating discussion how it pertains to the eagles i think is is also really fascinating in the sense that whatever you think about jalen Ertz, bill whatever Chet thinks about Jalen Hurts, whatever I think about Jalen Hurts, and I'll get to what I think about Jalen Hurts. It's clear that the Philadelphia Eagles are not sold on Jalen Hurts. Like, let's be honest, right? No matter what they say, they tried to trade for Russell Wilson. It was reported. They were in on it. They've been monitoring, the monitoring, you know, is the word, the Deshaun Watson thing for a year, and I don't care what anyone says, they're in it. Like, I don't know if they're going to end up with Deshaun Watson, but I won't be surprised if they make a a big splash move for Deshaun Watson. Like, I think they are absolutely in it. Again, I I wouldn't put them as the favorite, but I think they're in it, you know? And I think just the fact that they're in on these guys tells you all you need to know about what they think about Jalen Hurts. They were sold on Hurts. There would be none of these rumors. It would be Jalen Hurts is our dude. We're building him around him. Let's go. That's not the case. No matter what that comes out of their mouths, no matter what how he says or whatever, we know not to believe that. How he told us trading Carson Wentz would be like losing a finger on his hand. Last <laughs> I looked, how he still has 10 fingers. All right. So let's be honest here. So um, I, I think that's an important point. And that's why I don't think they're out on Watson. They might not be able to get Watson. And if I had to guess, I, I think he ends up in Carolina, but I think they're in on it. And I think it says that they're not sold on Hertz. Where I am on Hertz is look, I think. I think for a twenty, he's really young. I think that's the one thing we don't talk about enough. Whether it's he's twenty three, like a lot of the kids yeah. coming in the draft, like Kenny Pickett's older than Jalen Hurts. Kenny Pickett's mm-hmm. going to be drafted this year in the draft, and and, and he's older than Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz was Jalen Hurts is still younger than Carson Wentz was when he first took a snap for the Philadelphia Eagles as a rookie. You know what I mean? So like, I think we forget how young he is and that people can grow and can develop. But I'd be lying to you if I said I'm I'm super confident he's going to turn into a top five type of quarterback, which is ultimately the point, right? That's what we want. We want the, the, the guy who's going to carry us for the next decade and be competitive every single year and be a top five, top seven, whatever type of guy. And if I had to bet my life, I wouldn't bet my life on Hurts getting there. I, I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to improve. But is he ever going to be a good enough passer, accurate enough, be able to read defenses enough, all those things? I don't know. And I wouldn't bet on it. It's possible, but I wouldn't bet on it. So I think the Eagles are in a really precarious situation at the quarterback position. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see whether they end up making a big splash for Watson, or if not, you know, if Hertz doesn't make a giant, giant leap this year, I would be shocked if it's not his last year as Eagles quarterback. James, we got to get to the other sports, but one final question about the Eagles. They have those sure. three three first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to use all of them? I don't. Howie loves to trade. I think they're going to trade at least one of them. How do you see them using those picks? Yeah, I would be floored if he used all three. I just – I know there are – like Elliot, uh, who I do the, the Go Birds pod with, thinks they might use all three. He feels like semi-confident mm-hmm. they can use all three. I don't. I really don't. 
I think at most they use two, to your point. And I do think the Hurts thing is an interesting part of it in that, look, if they trade for Watson, they obviously won't use him because some or all of those picks will be going to trade for Deshaun Watson. If they don't, I think that they're going to try and keep their options open because as we just talked about, I don't think they're sold on Jalen Hurts. So I think they maybe use one or two of them and try and use the others to flip forward to next year where there is CJ Stroud and there is Bryce Young and there is this class of quarterbacks that – seemingly is a lot stronger than this year's class. So if I had to bet, I would bet they spin it forward a year, try and get some more assets out of those picks, try and you know add draft capital based on those picks for next season. But uh, it's all going to come down to whether they make a move for Watson or not. All right. All right. Let's jump over to baseball real quick. Uh, James, Philly's made a move to, well, let's start last Wednesday when we were here, we had no baseball. It's true. Uh, now we have baseball, we have camps open, we have games on Friday. Thank and goodness, we're starting in three Thank weeks. goodness. How about yes. that? And 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 uh, now we have Odubel Herrera back in the lineup. Uh, less, and, less and, thank goodness on that one. <laughs> and today we get Kyle Schwarber. Uh, thank I'll goodness. just start out by saying I'm not in love with this. Uh, hmm, it's wow. okay. He's a 237 career hitter that strikes out 175 times a year. He can hit home runs. He can drive in runs. But we need another banger that can strike out, walk back to the dugout. Is that the answer? Don't be a hater, Bill. Yeah, Bill. Don't be a hater. Come on, numbers, man. They're just the numbers. Look, I think think what people miss with Schwarber when they look at his career numbers is that it really does seem, and look, it's a, a short sample size since, but it really does seem like, Kevin Long in Washington last year, who, by the way, Kevin Long, who is now the Phillies new hitting coach. um, I think that Kevin Long, it really seems like he unlocked something in Kyle Schwarber. I mean, you look at what he did last season in the games he did it in. It's, it's elite. It's special. Um, And Schwarber was always someone who had a ton of talent. Like he was a big time prospect who came up. He's always flashed serious, serious high level power in, in the MLB. Like he has shown that he can hit home runs at a, a high clip in major league baseball. And it really seems like long unlocked something in him last year. And look, he's still at an age where people get better. You know, last year was this age 28 season. Baseball players generally take the leap 27, 28. Like that's classically the time when players take their biggest leap. It's their physical prime. It's where they start to really show who they are. Is it or like Nelson Cruz might hit 500 career home runs. The dude wasn't even a baseball player. It was 28 like 29 years old. Like he was a quad a guy. He was back and forth between the minor league. He wasn't close to the player. Kyle Schwarber is when he was 28 years old, Nelson Cruz and Nelson Cruz is still getting signed at 43 or whatever, 42, whatever he is. Like, I think that, I think that Schwarber is someone who's always had a, a, a ton of talent, like elite hitting talent, elite hitting ability, certainly from a power perspective, but was up and down with it and would have flashes, would have stretches where it's like, whoa, look at this dude. And then he would go into slumps and he would struggle. It seems, and and we hope that last year, it really seems like he figured it out. And I, I think he did. I honestly think considering the money, you look at what Brian just got. Brian got seven years, $182 million. Colorado, you got yep. Schwarber for four for 80. Like it's a steal. It to me, the Kyle <laughs> Schwarber contract looks like a in steal. today's game. Yes, it, it is. looks like a steal to me, especially a four year deal. Like the less years, the better. Like that looks like a awesome contract to me. I don't think it's nearly enough. Like I don't think the Phillies are set or anything like that, but but I, I'm really, re- I think this is the best move they made this offseason. And I, I think it gives them a look. When we looked at the lineup last year, all we kept saying is like, it's Bryce and nothing. Bryce and nothing. Like, assuming Hoskins is back and healthy, I mean, you put Bryce, Hoskins, and Schwarber together. I mean, that's, you know, it's like 120 home runs, 100, you know, 110 home runs or something between three guys. 120 is a little high. 110 home runs between three guys. I mean, that's, that's a serious, serious amount of power and a serious threat to, to pitching staff. So, I actually really, and a lefty to go with it, you know, another lefty and Harper in the lineup where they're kind of a little left-handed light in terms of left-handed power. So I don't know. I actually really like the move. James, I have one other Phillies question for you, but uh, mm-hmm. in the meantime, when you were at uh, McGurk's this morning, you were drinking a coffee. How many cups have you had today? I'm thinking like 17. Not, a, not enough, man. Not <laughs> enough. Actually. This is like a light coffee day for me. Believe it or not. It's a light coffee. day. I wish I had your energy. My goodness. Yeah, right. it's, it's always been that way. I just asked my wife, my mom always jokes that she doesn't remember the first three years of my life because I was just so intense. And so I could imagine. Hey, left yeah. side of the Phillies infield is a big question mark. I, sure. We talked to Scott Fransky about this. He's on in the second half of the show, but 
Is Didi going to be the shortstop? Can Bohm actually play third? He's not very good there. So no, he's how bad. do you see that playing out? Yeah, he's bad. Yeah, it's a great question. Like, um, look, the ideally Bryson Stott is what we hope he is. I mean, he's taken real strides in the minors. He's a you know, mostly a top 50 prospect. Most places you look now, he's really kind of leapt up those prospect rankings. Um, I don't know if he's a shortstop long-term, but I do think Bryson Stott will hit in the major leagues. I think he's going to be able to hit. Um, I mean, Didi or Bowman at third. I mean, that sounds awful. I mean, that's like a horrible situation. Um, so, uh, I mean, Didi period just sounds, you know, I'm not excited about Didi being a part of this team this year. You know, 14 million is a tough, tough contract. Um, I honestly don't know. I, I think there, there's still a question mark at their base. I think there's a lot, ideally, you know, you have Bowman Hoskins fight out the first base job and the other one becomes the DH. I mean, who's the better defender, put him there and put the other guy at DH. That's, ideally what I would want to do with that spot. And I would bring someone in to play third base, someone who's an actual third baseman who can actually play the position at the major league level. Cause Alec Bohm can't like <laughs> out the dude can't, it is what it is. Um, but I, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Didi and Bohm to start. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's started short and Didi at third and Bohm DHing or first, like I would, or I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and found a third baseman for, you know, 5 million, a one-year contract, one of those kind of one-year deal type guys and, and had a, a platoon type of thing or something like that. So I think a lot of options are on the table, but I, I certainly agree. You know, it's one of the more, you know, um, bigger, bigger questions, at least in terms of the lineup with the Phillies. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it looks like they tried to make some effort to in, improve the bullpen. There's going to be a whole lot of different names coming mm -hmm. in. Uh, we have enough starting pitching. Oh, I, I'm not worried at all about starting pitching. I actually think it's the the strength of the team this year. I mean, they, provided, of course, injuries. I mean, yes. the Zach Wheeler, you know, might not be ready to start the season, had the shoulder thing. And I've seen that's obviously a concern. But assuming he's okay, it seems like Eflin is recovering a lot faster than people expected, has a chance to be ready for the season. You know, Ranger Suarez has the visa issues. That's not ideal, but at least it's not an injury. I actually think their starting staff is pretty good. You know, I mean, like Wheeler is a ace level one. You know, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. Nola is, you know, obviously a massive disappointment last season, but, you know, over the majority of his career has been a very good major league baseball pitcher and obviously at times great. You know, he's third in Cy Young in 2018. He was really great that year. Um, I don't think he's going to be that guy again, but I think he's better than what we saw last year. Uh, Ranger, I mean, he's a you know question mark, obviously, because we haven't seen a lot of it. But what I saw from that guy last year, I mean, I think he has a chance to be the second best pitcher on the team. I mean, he mm -hmm. he's so cool, calm, and collected, getting the velocity mm -hmm. up to 95 to 97 range. Like, I'm really excited about Ranger. And then I think Eflin's a really good pitcher when healthy. Like, I think Eflin's a 3-4 guy that you're, you're really excited about on your team. And, and I think Gibson is like a, a classic five. Like, the dude will go out and give you six. He might give up three or four runs, but he's going to pitch you some innings. He's going to be a professional about it. He's going to get you some outs when you need it. He's going to suck sometimes. But Kyle Gibson is your five is like, nice. That's good. That's better than most fives. So I actually think the starting rotation is, is in really good shape. I think it's the strength of the Phillies. I'm not as excited about the bullpen. I don't love the moves they made. Uh, I think Corey Knable, the one sign they made before the, the um, lockout, I think he's awesome. He's uh, like really, really a high level talent wise reliever. He just is really, really, really struggled to stay on the field. Like, you know, uh, if we get, you know, 50 innings out of him, it'll be a miracle, but, but he's awesome. Like he's legit nasty. People, Phillies fans, if he stays on the field, are going to love this guy. I don't love the other two. I think hand and the hand sign. He's fine. He's past his prime. I think he's all right if he's used correctly, but I, I think you're going to get some clunkers from him. And I think Familia, like everyone got so annoyed with Jose Alvarado last year, like nasty <laughs> stuff, but like one outing, he's great. The other outing's a disaster. Welcome familia. That's yeah. that guy. Like get ready for that over yeah. and over again. So I certainly think there's some upside there, but like signing older ish guys who, you know, were way better four years ago than they are now. Like not the strategy I probably would have taken. James, we're going to play Seltzer Skelter in just yes. a minute. It's but the only reason I came on. The Sixers. Got to ask you about the Sixers. We loved them the first yes. five games that yes. Harden played. Uh, they looked really, really good. But over the past week, they had the blowout loss to the Nets. That was just yeah. horrible. Yep. Um, ben Simmons watching from the bench, of course. We had the ugly win over the worst team in the East, Orlando. And then uh, the loss to Denver when the Sixers blew a big lead. So mm -hmm. what do you think of this team so far? Yeah, look, I think um... – I think not getting too high from, you know, the first four or five games where they were awesome and crushing teams and not getting too low after the last year. I think it's going to take time. I think, 
you know, it takes time for, for a fit to figure itself out. Um, ultimately, I think they're probably not quite good enough from a depth perspective. I think the bench and the lack of real, you know, scoring ability from your four and five guys, you know, I mean, theoretically Tobias can give you something and can help out, but like Matisse is a great defender, but he is a, a tough offensive player to watch and and they just don't have guys who can come in and kind of heat check, you know, they don't have anyone coming off the bench who's going to come in and, you know, pop in 20 points on it. I mean, Yang's fine. I like Yang. He's a nice player, but he's really been kind of like a starter almost for them. The minutes he's been playing, you just don't have a lot of faith in the bench. And then when you add in the fact that I think doc rivers is an actively bad coach and certainly an actively <laughs> bad playoff coach, you know, I, I, I wouldn't bet on them to win the title. I think talent wise, I, like, I don't think you can count them out. Like I think if Harden, it's been a little concerning out, uh, you know, Harden has looked a little slow the last couple of games. I think mm-hmm. maybe his hamstrings kind of given him some issues, but if Harden's right for the playoffs, I mean, you'll have two of the three best players on the floor in every single game you play in, except maybe the Nets, if they have Kyrie and Durant, you could argue maybe at this point, correct. Kyrie is better than Harden, but I still think Harden's probably better overall. So, um, you know, you got a real chance in any of those games in any of those series, but you know, I mean, look, Harden's had some big, playoff misses and you know doc has had some big playoff disasters and you know Embiid is yet to get out of the second round so i don't think you can look at this and say we're winning the title i don't think it's you know honestly i don't think it's even fair to pick them to beat milwaukee in the east and look the nets with if Kyrie and duran are both playing and Kyrie can play home games i mean that's as we saw the other night pretty scary like now if ben simmons comes back maybe they'll be worse that's possible because he is such a disaster in the playoffs and he could hinder them i honestly believe that i think ben simmons <laughs> is a liability for them more than an asset the, i really i really believe that I uh, in the playoffs right. in the playoffs yeah um but you know with you have carry and durant you can win so and the east is tough boston's good miami's good you know these teams are good so um i wouldn't bet on them to win the title this year but i also if if they kind of put it together and figure it out and they figure out how to put the pieces together i do think they can i think they're one of the teams who have a chance to win a title this year but i think you, you need a lot of things to go right all right well james I, i'm not sure if this is good or bad for you but jet always wants to play <laughs> seltzer skelter with you uh you're up for it i know let's go oh uh, always that's why i'm here <laughs> yeah we're gonna call this uh seltzer skelter two going deeper with james how's that <laughs> wow. the sequel can't we gonna put 94 go seconds mu- on the clock i don't know okay? if we want to go we'll much deeper much, but <laughs> see like how it. much more like we can it. learn about james seltzer so please yes. keep your answers to 10 seconds or so james done so we can get done. as many hold on let me start possible. my stopwatch all right, all right here right. we go <laughs> here we go one of your past jobs james was with the philadelphia eagles what did you do for the birds I worked for Dave Spadaro in their uh, online web stuff. I did a lot of audio work, micing people up, uh, cutting video, cutting audio. It was a very good time. I really enjoyed myself. I heard you say Jason Babin has been displaced as your most despised eagle of all time. Who's in the top spot now, James? It's Jalen Rager, buddy. (laughs) Hate him. Can't stand him. And it's like, obviously it's that he stinks. And Justin Jefferson was my favorite player in college. I love that guy. I want the team so bad. And, you know, that the juxtaposition is always there, but also it's because he's lazy and he doesn't try hard. He doesn't run good routes. Number three, what is your go-to quick meal? Oh man. Um, pizza for me. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, like, honestly, uh, <laughs> pizza is a classic answer. McDonald's. Let's be honest. Love it. Um, I have so many, everything. I love, I love <laughs> every fast food there is. So Number four, what band or artist have you seen the most in concert? Fish. I've seen them like 150 times. Whoa. <laughs> I've seen music, a lot of concerts. I've probably been to like 500 too. concerts in me my too. Lifetime, Here so, on St. Yeah. Patrick's Day Eve, you two or Dropkick Murphys? I, look, I, I, neither is really my bag, but <laughs> I hate you too. So I'll say that. <laughs> Number six. What is the last movie you watched? <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. It, drive my car. It is. Uh, it's ah. not made for best picture this year, but it's a three-hour, three-hour Japanese movie about grief. So, <laughs> yeah. Gonna, good times. Pass on that one. <laughs> good times. It was. It was amazing. It was a great movie, but it is. You got to be committed. Number seven. <laughs> You're a married guy, James. How much of a sports fan is your wife? She is a big one. Uh, obviously, a lot because of me. Like I definitely play a role in it. But she was always a huge Phillies fan and. 
she's always liked sports and I think she loves them more because of me, but she, she's a pretty big sports fan. We're at 94 seconds, but I'm going to keep going anyway. I got Thank three you, more please, for you. please. Joe yes. DeCamera <laughs> has big aspirations. Is he more likely to become the president or the Pope? Neither. <laughs> what a ridiculous thought that it He's is. That you could have, yeah. Joe Dreamer is putting it nicely. He's insane. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of coffee, as we were earlier, Duncan, yes. Starbucks, Wawa or 7-Eleven? Uh, Duncan. Me as well. Yeah. Um, finally, I need to finish my bracket tonight. Who wins the NCAA tournament? I'm going to go Kentucky. I think, you know, Cal's done it before. He knows how to get a bunch of young guys to play together. And I think they have the best backcourt in the tournament. So um, I'm going to go Kentucky. That's my pick. All right. We're done. Hey, hey James, I'm <laughs> yes. not going to let you go real easy. Okay. Because I, like I see a question that just popped up here, and I want to get your take on this because I think it's going to come up on the screen. Here you go. Why is it that they have other teams like the Yankees that spend big money, and you have Middleton who should spend the money to get those named players? They go over to luxury tax. Why don't we? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, uh, Sean, I wish I had an answer for you. It's my biggest issue with the Phillies. I, I hate it. It drives me crazy. I think they should go over the luxury tax. Like, John Middleton acts like he's poor. He's a freaking billionaire. Like, spend a little money. Dude. Like, Steve, we got Steve Cohen in New York just, like, cropping money. Like, oh, yeah, 300 million. No, no problem. Whatever. I'll just, <laughs> sh- hold on. Let me just pull it out of my couch cushions. Like, no biggie. Like, I'm not sure it's a chicken to grom. Like, what are we doing here? I hate it. I hate it. It drives me crazy. It's so short-sighted. Especially when you look at the roster. Like, the best way to fix this team is to add right now and still draft and develop. And the only way you can do that, spend a little money, bro. Suck it up. The, 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 the taxes for when you go over the luxury tax it's like nothing for a billionaire it's like 10 million bucks that's nothing for you and me that's everything for a billionaire it's nothing it's like a hundred bucks to a billionaire like suck it up john <laughs> hey chet we found sean found james nerve yeah oh it's my nerve um yes who knew, yes. Who knew? so james you nailed you got it, the sean. you got the go birds show on the weekends and now yes. you're back doing high hopes with uh mr fritz i guess yes i'm actually recording in an hour to talk schwarber so check out the new high hopes it'll be out be out later tonight as well so uh, by the way make sure when you talk to jack that you mm-hmm. point out that according to the brand new crossing broad field of 32 did you see that I didn't see it yet. No. Oh, look at this. There we go. Let's see. Uh, crossing broad. Come on. Get look up there. This. Yeah, I can get it won't that stay there. Out of there. Okay. We got. Uh... Oh, you that. must be in the other bracket. Joe DeCamera right. is the fourth seed. You are in the other side, which okay. is right here. And you are 13. Oh, they put me seed. against the cuz, huh? Yeah. Wow. And Jack it's Fritz tough, is 14. That's a tough draw for me. They have you tough draw. one notch ahead of Jack Fritz. So make sure well, you that is, that in. That is correct. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> I should be ahead of Jack Fritz. I mean, let's be honest. We're also both seated far too low on that list. I, mean, I agree. Um, and put me Nobody else has the passion like you, I'm man. I'm against the cuz. What the hell's that? That's not a fair draw. Your old oh, pal, the cuz. I love oh. the cuz. We were, we were, we. I've, I. Anthony's a great dude. He was always really good to me when we worked together. He is. So, um, now, now let me beat his ass. All right. He doesn't need this. The cuz is fine. He's had a great career. Let me win this stupid freaking field of sixty-four. All right. Thank you. Wrap Don't it up, care. Bill. All right, James. Hey, as always, we appreciate you coming by. It's always fun time and. uh it's a, it's a blast. It was a pleasure, guys. I really appreciate you having me again. Can't wait All till right. the next time. Okay, Talk to you soon, man. James. Talk to you. Take care. See you guys. Hey, Chet, what great stuff right there with James, right? You got it. All right. Hey, uh, you know, Chet, with gas prices up, March Madness is in. Uh, I'm starting to feel like your couch is going to get more mileage than your car, certainly in the month of March. Yeah, Bill. Uh, All states pay as you go. Auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. You know it. That's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610 430 0700. Once again, that number is 610 430 0700. You call Dave, you start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody, it's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, Chet, speaking of lucky people, uh, I, I got to say, as Philadelphia sports fans, Flyers fans in particular, we've been pretty lucky. Uh, 
because we've gotten to watch Claude Giroux play 1,000 games uh, tomorrow night, his 1,000th game. He scored nine, 900 points in 999 games thus far, both second on the Flyers' all-time list to Bobby Clark. Uh, what a career for, for Claude Giroux, and certainly not much else good to talk about with the Flyers, but certainly a, quite an accomplishment by Giroux. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for making or not making me talk about the team's performance of late because it's been awful. Same old, same old, you know, blown leads, defensive errors, tough to swallow losses. But yes, Claude Giroux, who, as you said, will be playing game number 1000 tomorrow night. That's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know about you, Bill, but I'm convinced that he will be traded in the next week and that he and the team just wanted him to get to that 1000 game milestone, get that in the books. You know, as their longtime captain, he's been criticized, but by a lot of fans, but he's also always been a pretty great flyer and a good ambassador for the team. So, you know, congrats to him on game number 1000. And I've said it the last two weeks, I hope he does get traded and gets a chance to win a cup. Yeah, I, I do too. And uh, he, he has done a great job. He's been a, been a great uh, ambassador, as you say, and we're excited about that. I want to, I want to ask you something, Bill. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. Giroux made his Flyers debut in February 2008. Um, who was the Flyers coach in 2008, first of all? And how many of the seven Flyers coaches that he's played for can you name? Oh, geez. I, I, uh, <laughs> I'll, take a, I'll take a wild guess and I'll say Peter Laviolette. He was his second coach. The first was, was John coach. Stevens. John Stevens. Now, Lavie who are the fives? Lavie. Who are the five after Lavi? Uh, Av was in there, obviously. Yawa uh, uh -huh. is one. Okay, you got three uh, in the middle now. I got three in the middle. Um, Holmgren, not Holmgren. One of them has won a Stanley Cup elsewhere. Oh, um, uh, yeah, buh, buh, buh. I could see his face. The chief. The chief was Hitchcock there. Was Hitchcock? No, Hitchcock was before that. Craig Berube. Berube, right? And and, uh, and who were the other two? Dave Haxtall, of course. Haxtall. And yeah. then the interim coach after him was Scott Gordon, who I never would have remembered. Right. <laughs> Eight coaches, huh? Uh, seven, seven, seven altogether. Coaches. Wow. Yeah, wow. in thirteen years. Yep. Well, hats off to Claude Giroux. It's a big deal uh, in the NHL to get your one thousand games. I saw a clip. Uh, just last week of Wayne Simmons just played his 1000th game uh, yeah. for the, for the Maple Leafs. And they had a big ceremony. They give him a silver stick engraved. It's a, it's a big deal in the NHL to play 1000 games and congrats to Claude Giroux uh, for getting that. He's been a good one. By the way, because it's St. Patrick's day Eve, I'm wearing my speed stick Irish spring tonight. Okay. So nice. And uh, fresh. That's a little more information than we needed. <laughs> you can no. go back and talk about the tie. I, don't I know. take the tie off. I don't me. know about the Irish spring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chet, let's give a shout out of all the shows that will be live on edge of Philly sports network this week. Uh, this network, as we say, each week continues to grow. There's more and more shows as we go. Uh, you can check them all out on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, subscribe to them, follow, like for us. Uh, Mondays, the Broad Street Bully podcast, talking Flyers. Tuesday, talking Philly sports with Maddie B. You have us early on Wednesdays. Uh, Wednesday after this, 9 30, Joey and Al cover all things Philly sports on the EOP show. Thursday, Bird's IQ with Kyle Quinn is back because we're getting close to draft time. Friday, Sixers Talk is a new one, 7 p.m. That'll be fun. And Saturday, Breakfast with Guys, Patterson Avenue Fanatics. Uh, get your coffee and a donut. Sit down and relax and talk all things Philly sports. You can also sign up for the um, newsletter and get it in your mailbox on Friday mornings. And all you have to do is go to eopsports.com and hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to like, follow, and all that stuff. And by the way, Matty B, who had Howard Eskin on, on last week, uh, last night, I caught some of the show. He had John Johnson from WIP on. That was a good conversation, what I saw. So congrats to the new guy. He's uh, doing a good job. Yes, he is. Uh, Chet, before we get away from that, uh, give us an update on that March 26th uh, Freddie Burns fundraiser. You know what? I don't feel like it. I just don't feel like doing it tonight. So uh, I got a pinch hitter. I got a pinch hitter to do it, okay? All right. Pinch hitter. 
Hey, this is Glenn Mack now asking you to do a solid for some people. Christy and Freddie Burns have a young son, Freddie, two and a half years old. He's battling leukemia. There's a fundraiser for him. It's coming up Saturday, March 26th, pretty much all day from 3 to 8 p.m. at the Red Lantern Tavern. A Delco spot, a great Delco spot. Go eat, drink a couple beers, do the right thing, help out young Freddie and his family. Thanks so much. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Very nice. <laughs> good job, Glenn. How about that? Good good job by you getting Glenn. I'd rather listen to him than you anyway. Yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, Chet, as we said, last time we were together uh, Wednesday night, there was no Major League Baseball. Uh, here we go. First game Friday, yeah. 23 days to opening day. Uh, what do you make of that? It's pretty exciting. I mean, it went down to the wire. In fact, it went past a couple of the so-called deadlines that they had to get a full season in, but they ultimately did reach a deal last Thursday and they will play the full season. And by the way, I will be at the Phillies opener, which is now not just the home opener, but the season opener on April 8th. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I am extremely disappointed because as you know, I am back out of retirement and back <laughs> at work and the Phils will be right down the street, one mile from my house on Friday, and uh, I will uh, not be there. Yeah, you got to make those big bucks, Bill. Yeah, one of those things. Heck, even Tom Brady can't afford to retire these days, Jeff. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, you had a chance to visit with radio voice of the Phil Scott Fransky just yesterday, obviously before the Kyle Schwarber news. Right. Uh, how, how's Scott feeling about this upcoming season? Oh, he's excited. Uh, you can tell from our talk. And I think he's flying down to Florida this evening, as a matter of fact, which is why he couldn't join us live. And he's raring to go, just like all of us baseball fans. Uh, we had a great chat about what to expect from this year's Phillies. Again, it was before the Schwarber news, of course. So here is my chat with Scott. Great to talk with this guy for a fourth straight spring. He is the radio voice of the Phillies, Scott Fransky. Scott, how you been? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, hey, great to see you again, and great to know that we're going to have a full season of Phillies baseball, 162 games, they tell us. I was pretty worried about that for a while. How about you? Uh, definitely. Um, put a lot of plans on hold, waiting to see what was going to happen, but uh, we're really excited that uh, it's going to get started. I mean, it's great that they're going to be able to get the full 162 in. I know that's something that's uh, you know pretty important to the players, obviously, and was important to the owners as well to get the full a uh, number of dates. So, um, so yeah, we're pretty excited that it's behind us now and they'll have uh, some labor peace for a little while going forward. You know, I looked back at my notes from last year when we talked in mid-March, right about the same time. And the first thing I asked you about then was Odubel Herrera. And what the heck, let's start with that again this year. As you're well aware, the Phillies have apparently decided to bring Odubel back for another go-round. Now, Scott, I know you're not a big social media guy, but I can tell you that most Phillies fans are not exactly thrilled by the news of Odubel returning. Well, I mean, I think they're trying to do stuff uh, that is cost-conscious, um, if you will, and it looks like that's what they're going to try to do in center field uh, this year. You know, they obviously... Uh, had him under contract, were able to let him walk and, and renegotiate that deal and, and didn't pick up his options. So they got him at a much cheaper price. I think everybody's hopeful that the money they can save in that regard allows them to spend some more money somewhere else. Um, you know, at the corner spot, maybe left field. You know, I mean, everything is happening so quickly these days that, uh, you know, names are going off the board uh, lightning quick. So um, I, I know they'd like to try to improve their offense a little bit more. Um, and I guess, you know, having Odubel at, um, at a lower number, uh, that allows them uh, perhaps a little more flexibility to add more pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, we hope that happens. Now, full disclosure, we're talking at about midday Tuesday. And so far, the Phils, in addition to bringing back Odubel, have added a couple of relievers, Familia and Brad Hand. Nothing overly exciting there. Will they perhaps sign an outfielder or a shortstop or a third baseman, you think? I mean, you know the names that are out there. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, Bryant is the one, Chris Bryant is the one that could check a lot of boxes. I mean, he could have been your center fielder, quite frankly, but could play left field, could play third base give the manager a lot of flexibility in terms of rotating guys around. I'm sure he can handle first base if you wanted him to, and not that you're short on candidates there, but 
again, it, it, it would give Joe Girardi a lot of versatility. And I think, I mean, obviously we've seen that with the game today, whether it's, you know, uh, Tampa Bay or San Francisco or the Dodgers, uh, you know, these teams that have had uh, great success lately, it's been that sort of that versatility card that can plug different guys in in different spots. And now with the DH in the National League, uh, the Phillies could, you know, theoretically do the same thing. You know, keep JT in the lineup, for instance, but not have him catch every day and, and sort of wear down that way. Um, I think, uh, you know, Bryant is a guy that would have, you know, again, like I said, checked a lot of those boxes. He could uh, fill that versatility role and, you know, obviously um, can put up numbers. Well, you mentioned the DH, and that was where I was going to go next. Phils have Reese Hoskins at first base. Alec Bohm played third much of last season, not very well defensively particularly. He slumped also offensively. What's the outlook for Bohm? I assume those guys are going to be DH candidates, but who's going to play third base? Well, if you ask me, I mean, my get, unless somebody else gets signed, I think Bohm starts with the job because I think he works the best for you if he can play third base, if he can become a third baseman. Now, um, he's had, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. Obviously, his struggles are pretty well documented over at third base. Um, and, you know, the other thing about it, this is, is that a lot of people, I've heard a lot of fans say, well, just move him to first or just make him a DH. Um, well, you know, his offensive numbers weren't very good either last year. Mm -hmm. This is still a young player, still with a lot of upside but still with a lot to prove. And so I think he gets every chance to prove that he can handle third base. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, then you go to plan B and, and try to maybe maneuver some things around. At shortstop, we may have a little competition, an aging D.D. Gregorius and a very young Bryson Stott. What do you know about Stott? Is he going to be a legitimate guy who could play you know, right away, or is he going to need a little more seasoning still? It's hard for me to say. I mean, I haven't really seen him play. Um, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to maybe see a little bit more of him in spring training this year, uh, but I haven't seen a whole lot of him, so it's hard to say. I know they're really excited about him, uh, all the tools he brings. He's obviously, a, you know, a real upside offensive performer. They feel like he's going to hit and uh, hit a lot and um, be an extra base kind of machine for them. So I do think uh, that, you know, again, he might need more seasoning. Uh, I think you're obviously paying Didi a lot of money and you're hoping that he can bounce back. Uh, Joe Girardi and, and, and Didi have history together. And uh, I think he feels like that he's a guy who can potentially bounce back. He went through a lot last year. He went through a lot uh, the last couple of years with uh, COVID and um, you know, dealing with you know, separation from his family and things that, things of that nature. So, I mean, he was dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, I know he got was nicked up all the time and tried to play hurt. And I, I just don't think he was at his best. So I do look for him to be better uh, this year. I don't, you know, again, age catches up with all of us uh, and it's going to slow every ball player down at some point. And maybe age is certainly a factor, but I'm not sure it's the only factor in the struggles that Didi had the last couple of years. Before we talk pitching, I got to mention the right fielder, uh, Bryce Harper. Pretty good year last year. MVP. Hard to believe he is still in his 20s. That is hard to believe. <laughs> still in his 20s. I feel like he's been around a long time and even a long time now for the Phillies. But, you know, you look for a guy in his late 20s, early 30s to be in his prime. So could we be setting up, you know, last year, is that the setup of the prime run for, for Bryce Harper? He needs help. He needs offensive support behind him. And you know, he was getting it for a while from Reese, obviously, and then Reese got hurt. That was a, a huge uh, blow for the Phillies offense. But, uh, and you know, Bryce has been out there kind of stumping for, uh, you know, free agent candidates and stumping for the organization to maybe go out and spend a little more money and get another big bat in the middle of the lineup to help him out. Um, but I think Bryce, he's everything they have wanted him to be. I mean, he's not without faults. Uh, we know that. Um, but. He's an upper echelon player. He's a superstar player. He definitely brings fans to the ballpark to check him out and watch him play. Uh, but he also puts up numbers that, that make a real difference for this lineup. Well, as is always the case, there are questions about the pitching staff. Zach Wheeler has some shoulder soreness. Zach Eflin apparently ahead of schedule. That's good news. Aaron Nola had a subpar 2021. Can Ranger Suarez be as good as he looked last year? And the fifth guy, Kyle Kibson, like most fourth starters, is inconsistent. How good is this starting staff, do you think? 
yet to be seen, I think. Uh, I think there are enough questions. I, I, potentially, it can be very good. I feel that way. Um, but again, you know, Zach Eflin has health history. Um, he has questions about that. As you said, maybe he's ahead of schedule, but what does that mean exactly? When does that put him on target to start in a game? And, and will he be, you know, I know they'll, they'll want to take it easy with him, so to speak, and they'll want him to be fully healthy and 100%. The questions about NOLA are real. I mean, there are those who will look back at his 2021 and they will look back at the things that he did and they'll look at his, you know, as they like to say, his peripherals and they'll look at his walks and strikeouts and they'll say it was a blip, just a, an aberration what happened to him last year when you look at ERA and wins and losses. And there's no question there were those games where it seemed like where you watched it and it seemed like there was one pitch that got away and it made a big difference. Um, but I think one of the things that, that all of those guys have to rely on and, you know, there was some talk about it last year, too. Um, you know, Aaron Nola is going to get strikeouts. You know, Zach Eflin's going to get ground balls. Uh, Zach Wheeler likes to get ground ball outs. Uh, Ranger Suarez likes to get ground ball outs. What do you need if you got a bunch of guys getting ground ball outs? You need a good defense. And they had a horrible defense last year. And that's something that has to get better. In order to back up the pitching staff, they have to be better defensively. That was a, a major, major issue for them and for their pitching staff in general last year. Because again, it's not, you know, it's not always a straight error in the, on the scorecard, uh, which leads to an unearned run, so to speak, which you can sort of quantify um, when you look at the, the year a pitcher had. Earned run average is really simple for us to, to think about. And I think, you know, there are a lot of, you know, errors that, or plays that probably should have been made that cost the Phillies big time and cost individual pitchers big time last year as well. So, um, I mean, I like the names. I, I, I think it has the potential to be very good, but, you know, at this time of year, you always kind of knock on wood and make sure everybody's healthy and, um, and uh, go from there and see what happens. Great point about the defense. Yeah. Now the bullpen, a lot of names there too. A lot of arms. I'm not sure about the quality. It sounds like the newcomer, Corey Knable, is going to be the closer. There are a slew of guys competing for the sixth, seventh, eighth inning jobs, including Sir Anthony Dominguez, who supposedly is looking pretty good and healthy. Boy, that'd be great if they can get him back to 100%. He's throwing hard. What do you know about the setup guys? Well, I mean, Familia, uh, the Phillies are no strangers to him. They've seen him a lot. Uh, during his days with the Mets, he's not the dominant closer that he once was when he had that, you know, bowling ball sinker. Uh, but he's he's had ups and downs the last couple of years. Uh, his strikeout rates have fluctuated a, a bit. Um, you know, serviceable arm, veteran arm who's been through the battles, uh, who um, seemingly, at least from afar, I mean, what we've been able to gather watching him, you know, 19 times a year when he was with the Mets, seeing all those games, he seems like a guy who, who takes the bite, the baseball uh, and takes it a lot. You know, he, he, and that's one quality in a reliever that you can't, uh, you, I don't think you can overestimate because the Phillies are, are, they have relied on a guy in Hector Neris the last few years and he's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. And Hector, for, for whatever faults he had, and they're every, pitcher has him uh he took the baseball he wanted the baseball not just he would take it he wanted it and he wanted it every single day and that's something for a manager and you know joe will do all the uh load management that needs to be done to make sure pitchers don't pitch three days in a row he's got his rules um but you know when you get into the late part of the season and you need outs uh, it's really comforting for a manager to know that you had somebody like Hector there that not only could take the ball, but would take the ball and wanted to take the ball. So familiar looks like one of those guys to me, Brad hand, very up and down. Um, but you know, a lot of times with these relievers, they have a down couple of years and then they kind of rediscover something and they catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, there's not, there's, there's no real risk there. I mean, they're not spending a ton of, a ton of money on him. I think there's a lot of upside there. Uh, if he's a guy that can, you know, pitch in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning and uh, help set up Knable. Uh, and Knable looked, you know, dominant the last 
you know, go around with the Dodgers. So I, I think he'll be a guy that they like a lot uh, to pitch in the ninth. Well, Scott, I don't normally mention one's age when doing one of these interviews, but uh, you recently celebrated a milestone birthday. I'm not going to be specific about it, but it was on social media all over the place. The good news is you're always going to be way younger than Larry Anderson, right? Yeah, yeah, we hope so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, no well, thank you. Thanks for, for, for saying it. Yes, it was a milestone, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and thanks for keeping this tradition alive. We've done it four years in a row now. We look forward to a fun and hopefully successful Philly season. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you. Talk to you soon. Hey, Chet, good stuff. Um, you know, the thing I, I really enjoy about listening to Scott is he's uh, he's honest. Okay? He's got an honest opinion. He's not, um, you know, the rah-rah guy necessarily. He, he yeah. sees the faults. He sees the, the strengths, and he, he tells it the way it is. I enjoy that. Yeah, he mentions uh, the pros and cons and uh, keeps it real. And same with L.A. L.A. certainly keeps it real. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't get a chance to mention that L- uh, that Scott's got about a handful of uh, partners this year. It's going to well, be a little different baseball. Let me tell you about that. I did talk to him about that. And just to keep it condensed at like 14 minutes, I'm going to play that for you in a couple of weeks as we get closer to the start of the regular season because he actually has very interesting things to say about working with five different color analysts over the course of a season. So something to look forward to next month. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'm going to go on the record right now, Chad. I'm just going to do it because okay. we have to. Let's hear it. Alec Bohm is going to be the man. You know I like him. I know you do. I don't know where he's going to play. Uh, I got a feeling that Alec Bohm probably took a thousand ground balls a day this offseason. Uh, Alec Bohm can hit, and Alec Bohm is going to have a heck of a season. Write it down, St. Patrick's Eve. <laughs> I hope you're right. But I mean, last year, not only did he not hit, you know, he had the problems in the field. So he's got to work on the hitting and the fielding. And I would love to see him have a great year because he seems like a nice young guy. And, you know, he, he's big. He's got power. So let's hope he puts it all together this year. I'd love to see it. He'll be good. All right. Hey, great guest tonight in James Seltzer and Scott Fransky. Uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Uh, two more terrific ones for you and our viewers and listeners, Bill. We have the legendary PA voice of those Philadelphia Flyers. He is celebrating his 50th year behind the mic. Seemed like a great time to have him on. In addition, you know, since he's such a legend, we haven't talked to him in a while. We also will have a return visit from a young lady who we met just one year ago this month, and that is Kayla Santiago. She's been very, very busy covering all sorts of uh, things for the Delmarva Sports Network the last several months. She's off and running in the sports broadcasting world, and she's a big Sixers fan too. And I know there's going to be bigger and bigger things ahead for her. So Lou Nolan and Kayla Santiago next week, Bill. It is, uh, I don't know if you know this, Kayla's still doing the Blue Rocks? Isn't she the voice of the Blue Rocks? I don't know or if she's she doing was last them or year. not. Right. That was last year, and now she's with you know Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, that Delmarva Sports Network. So I don't know how much they cover the Blue Rocks. I don't know. We're going to find out, though, next week. Good for her. All right, Jet. March Madness is here. Uh, the Villanova Wildcats, fresh off winning the Big East Tournament, uh, are second seed in the South. They face the Delaware Blue Hens in Pittsburgh, of all places. Who you like? I have no thoughts about it. I mean, Villanova is going to win the first couple of games, of course, that they're going to play. How far can they go? I don't know. I don't watch the sport close enough. We had some people asking us questions like, what's what's our sleeper team? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm in one bracket, just one bracket, Bill. So when I go home tonight, I'm going to have something to eat. Maybe I'll have a second beer. We'll see. And uh, then I'm going to work on my bracket and I don't know who I'm going to pick. I don't know how far Nova's going to go. I have no clue. I actually, uh, I actually filled one out today just for fun because uh, yeah. we were we were in a lightning storm at work and we all had to shut down. So uh, I had a minute. I filled one out, and I'll tell you that this was my homer bracket. So I went Villanova and Kentucky in the finals. Kentucky very well could make it. Whether Villanova can make it or not, like I said, that's my homer bracket. I'll look at it a little bit closer. Um, and my one sleeper team I have because I. Again, a homer from when I was a little kid. UCLA Bruins, although they're not a real low seed, I think they're a four or five. The Bruins are are my homer team. 
Nova and Kentucky would be a battle of the Wildcats. Bill, yes. I'm going to do a 30 second, oh, 30 second, ahead. 30 second random check. I did a news story yesterday about the fact that compact disc sales increased in the U.S. last year for the first time in almost two decades. Why? I have no idea. I mean, the digital stuff is so easy to get, but I'm one of these people who still loves the physical copy. I like old albums. I like I buy a couple of albums, a couple of CDs actually per year. Uh, this one a few years ago, Willie Nile, of course. The Innocent Ones. I, I bought a Dirty Honey CD most recently, about four months ago. Going to see them later this month. I loved having the physical copy because you have the album art. You can you know easily see what's going on inside. And you can get these autographed like Willie Nile did for me. You can't autograph digital stuff. That's all. That's all I got. Hey, more power <laughs> to you. Moving and what's, along. And though. what's wrong with an autograph of Willie Nile? Exactly. All right, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have small line razzes, mystery boxes, all giving you greater chances of winning. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Hey, nice oh. to see that uh, Robbie and her husband, Bob, are watching us from down in Clearwater. So, uh, hey, Robbie, have fun. Yeah. And uh, and I really appreciate that Robbie reached out to me uh, to see if I was going to be available to catch up with them. But because of this work schedule, I'm not going to be able to do it. But uh, I you appreciate haven't met that. her in person. You have not. No, met her and uh, <laughs> and we talked about trying to do that in the summer if uh, oh, if, if I get up that way and uh, we can make that happen. So all right, all right, Jet. Uh, any parting shot? Anything else for you on the way out? I have a brief parting shot. It's actually a couple of shout outs, Bill. Congrats to the great Merrill Reese on signing a three year contract extension. I'm pretty sure Merrill is going to be there calling Eagles games forever. And I pity whoever's going to have to replace him. That's going to be tough. Also a big shout out and hearty congratulations to our pal Ray Dittinger, the hall of famer will be honored this Friday evening at the Maxwell club awards down in Atlantic city. Ray Diddy getting the Francis reds Bagnell award for contributions to the game of football. Boy, does he deserve that? Wow. That's nice. That's nice. Uh, how old is Merle? Isn't he like 78 already? I think he's 78, yes. Wow. Didn't get to talk about Jason Kelsey singing the national anthem at the Sixers game the other night. He's not going to you know, have a recording career, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> Man, he, he, he is just so cool. <laughs> he is. He, he's just the guy, you, you know, you want to, you, you wish you could get an invite to go to the barbecue with. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Because you know he'd be fun. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this thing up, Chet. Been a lot of fun. Let's thank tonight's special guest, James Seltzer. No speed stick. Scott Fransky, <laughs> our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chet Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll do it in Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 23rd at 7 p.m. You can listen to us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com, slash phillypressboxradio, and all the Google, Apple, and iHeartRadio podcasts, <laughs> everything else. But you can catch us anywhere. Just type us in. You'll find us somewhere. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Mr. Chesco, and all of our listeners. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and let's go Sixers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.